Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with most amazing guests. Anka, how are you doing? I'm fine. Delighted yeah. to be here. Thank you for being here with us today. Appreciate it. So give our peeps a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, well, as the name maybe suggests, I'm from Germany, but have been living in Spain for almost 18 years. And that's also as long as I've had my own business. And um, I'm combining pretty much everything I've ever done. And that starts with linguistics and communication and psychology and coach training and my background in software development to help mostly coaches, authors, you know, people who have a mission, who are really passionate about their area of expertise and have this message they want to get out and want to build an online business to have a way to reach and impact more people. But when it comes to taking that vision and making it happen in the real world online then there's like oh where do i start right and that's basically where i pick them up and i guide them through the process to take that lovely fluffy idea and make it happen online very cool so how did you get into well i'd say all of this but then that would be your entire life story but we can start there if you want what's the most entertaining one to you well i think the most interesting one, I guess, I don't know, well, it depends on who's listening, but, <laughs> but I think, but I think the, um, I stumbled into software development, right, literally by accident. I was in, uh, you know, I was living in Australia, you know, a very enthusiastic translator, and I thought in multicultural Sydney, there'll be so much work, <laughs> and uh, turns out that was a wrong assumption, and um I knew within months of finally finding that job that I was in the last industry. So I literally, what I did, I put out my resume to anybody who would have it. And who ended up hiring me was uh, the CEO of a software company. And all of a sudden I was surrounded by toys, <laughs> you know, and, and programmers and very supportive folk. And I started to get interested and saw, and what I could see was, wait, this is just another language. It's just simpler. Like the vocabulary is smaller, simpler. The grammar is <laughs> <laughs> because compare it to a real language, right? You know, there's no, you know, there's the grammar is well defined and it's relatively static compared to a to a real language. So I took to it like a dump to water and quickly found I was encouraged by, you know, colleagues, hey, you could get a job at this. And we're talking the 90s, right? And so I thought, oh, but the thing was. I hit all the misconceptions, all the beliefs that I now help my clients overcome. I hit all those, you know, because there I was thinking, ooh, I'm a woman, like, nah, like, I don't know, this tech thing isn't my thing. I'm way too old to start this, right? I, you know, I, I was 30, right? So I was like, well, you know, were you like 25? <laughs> like, how is that too old to start? Well, that's the thing. I was 30 and I thought I was competing with gamers 
and hacker boys who'd been at this friend since they were 12. Yeah, you but know, they so were I 13. Thought, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I was 30. So I was 30. Um, so I thought I had like 18 years to catch up on. And um, I wasn't quite sure whether I could be cut out for it. Yeah. And the other part was, well, I do have a structured mind and I did love maths at school, but I'm not really that technical. I was never the tomboy, right? So, and it was all these things that I thought, oh, and then do I really want to work in this male dominated industry, right? All these things, like I would have never initiated this. If I hadn't been encouraged the entire time and then curiosity got the better of me, well, let's just do the industry exam and see what happens. You know, if I don't pass it, then the problem is solved. You know, and then I passed the industry exam and then I was like, oh, well, if I can't get a job, the problem is solved. Got a job, <laughs> you know, and, and keep trying like, to talk yourself out of at the university. Like, I know, you know, and then it was like, if I don't like it in work in an office where it's all guys, you know, I don't have to stay. And that was wrong, too, because I don't know, it was the most in all the project, all the different projects, all the different companies I've ever worked. It's always been a really supportive environment, though I've never had like none of the fears I had were true. So I really saw that that's all made up. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I, I know when I first got into IT, I was like, okay, everybody else knows this except for me. And they're like, you know, it just came out, right? <laughs> like, no, I didn't know that at all. <laughs> okay. She's like, you can ask some questions. It's okay. <laughs> like, okay, good. <laughs> like, you're not an idiot. Okay, good. <laughs> Just check. <chatting. laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that so is true. awesome. So then, what what made you transition into coaching then? Well, that, I had a little detour because <laughs> when I went um, when I came to to Spain on a holiday initially, I fell in love with the place and I was like, Ooh, you know, there's something about this place, and I don't want to. The old thing, I don't want to look back later regretting not having gone for it. You know, what I didn't want to kind of look back at 80 thinking, oh, I wonder what life in Spain would have been like. So there was really the question was, how can I pull it off? How can I make it happen that I can live there and see whether I really like it? And um, so what popped to mind was, well, you know, I start my own business, right? Because obviously that's the easiest thing to do if you move to the country. <laughs> And then I thought, well, what would I do? You know, and I've been sewing all my life. I've been a crafter, maker all my life, just as a hobby. And I thought, oh, you know what? In my perfect world, if I didn't have to worry about anything, I would have a little sewing studio with made-to-measure, you know, where I would create made-to-measure one-off garments for people. And then I was, okay, so what exactly is stopping me? And couldn't think of anything. So, so, you know, and I thought everything that wasn't clear, everything I didn't know, I felt I couldn't research, you know, because how many Germans move to Spain and make flamenco costumes, right? Not very common. So there wasn't really anything that you could research and see how that would go. So I thought, you know, well, let me just see how, see what happens. That was my business plan. And I moved to Spain and I basically pulled this off. <laughs> That's a story for another day. But um, I did run a sewing business and also found that, well, actually, making a dress is exactly the same as developing software, right? It's in my mind, it's exactly the same process. And I'm sure you have patterns. Well, that's okay. the thing, you know, initially a client comes with an idea. They usually 
come with what they think the solution is. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go, well, wait, that doesn't really make sense. And you haven't considered this, this, and this. You have to kind of take them a step back to come to what you actually want to create, have that phase where you communicate with the client and then you go away and then you do it like that part's different obviously but then you come and the client will look at it and say oh that's what I wanted or it isn't and then you adjust and then you test and you know until it's done and you have these iterations it's exactly the same process and I thought well I haven't really changed all that much and um, so I had a great time there for for many years but I also burnt myself out in the process because I ended up making specializing in dance costumes and that's always a matter of okay there's a group of 12 dancers they need four outfits each and we need them by Saturday (laughs) and so there was a lot of volume physically exhausting and again it it came to a point where you know do I want to be here 10 years down the line pumping out 50 dresses for set by Saturday and um what I felt, what I found was that the, the biggest challenge I had and the biggest thing that really tripped me up and had me burn out was that I thought I needed to give my clients what they asked for. So mm-hmm. yes was my default answer. And that gets very, very exhausting. It's fine when you have three clients, but when your book's full, you know, that gets incredibly exhausting and, it, and you end up feeling resentful. And so I basically spun this story that my Spanish clients sucked the life out of me and it really it really went to this yeah kind of I mean I didn't know I wouldn't have called it burnout at the time but that's pretty much what it was and I came to a point where I thought you know what if this is what live your dream is I want nothing to do with it (laughs) I go away and it was that was really the moment when I had the courage to say no to somebody would come, right? Because I was always convinced that if I say no, ooh, they'd get upset and then they won't come back. And then they're bad mouth, they'll bitch, right? And everything was growing through word of mouth. My business, I saw my business down the drain. And when I finally thought I no longer care mm-hmm. and said no, the next person who came, she goes, oh, well, I'll pick it up on Monday then. Actually, it works much better anyway. You know, and I'm like, what? Wait. And that was really when I could see that the whole pressure that I'd been under all these years uh-huh. had been my own creation. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this tiny little misunderstanding there that I thought saying yes means happy clients and saying no means unhappy clients, mm-hmm. right? And I realized that if I'd had some support, if somebody from the outside would have watched this, they would have immediately said, well, that's rubbish, right? But I couldn't see it. I was in it. And so I really thought the challenge has didn't come from a better sewing machine or a better process or a better technique or better marketing strategy. The challenge came from my own inner stuff. Mm-hmm. And I really think it always comes from there. And... Um, that's when I thought, well, I want to be able to support other people who have this passion that I want to turn into a business. And that's where, you know, the pivot came and the tech stumbled in again, like by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps rolling in the door. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yep, yep. 
That's awesome. Love that. So you, you mean I don't have to fire all of my bad clients just because I don't have enough profit margin to warrant all the stuff that they're asking me to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of a fan of firing is, my clients. Yeah, you know, and I think that even the thing that I could actually choose who I would work with, mm-hmm. that never even occurred to me until, you know, I heard my... <laughs> I actually heard myself say, oh boy, I hate all my clients. Right? Oh. I literally heard myself say it out loud. And I thought, well, wait, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> you know, there are some that I like, right? And then I thought, well, yeah, I like so-and-so and I like that one. I like her. And I'm like, okay, wait, what do they have in common? Right? And that's how I started to realize, well, actually, I really enjoy projects when I work with these people. Okay. <laughs> what stops me from you know and but even being conscious of that somehow helped me I don't know I got the sense that after that more of those people would actually come yeah you know and then I was full enough to not have to work with anybody else so right. you know that was basically a real eye-opener oh yeah absolutely that is awesome so who do you who are you working with now and how are you helping them to succeed yeah I think a lot of the of a lot of what makes a great client is still the same as you know what I discovered there it's my clients and they happen to be mostly coaches therapists often I have written a book but it, that's not really that the, the thing is always the visionaries the big picture thinkers right? they're very creative like you know sometimes they call them I'm a creative and an idea generation machine right? But they, they don't really live, when it comes to dealing in that, like, okay, let's flesh this idea out and go in that next level of detail that's required to make it happen, their eyes glaze over. You know, some of them are really, oh no, this tech stuff does my head in, but then there's others that are actually quite savvy. It's just like, it's just not, you know, it just drains them. So it's really that visionary big picture, you know, so where I then come in and say, okay, I'm, as you can tell, enthusiastic too. So we kind of meet on that, in that space where we kind of get excited about the vision, right? And then I can basically take over and say, okay, you, you keep going, do your thing. You know, I make sure this thing happens, you know, because in my mind, it's, it's nothing's more frustrating than a fascinating idea that just remains hot air. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's literally, it's like, the dress you know if, it, if, it, if an idea for a dress remains a drawing like nothing's more frustrating for me you know I like for me the process of taking that idea and finding the fabric and actually making it for me the thing is created the satisfaction for me is when the person has the dress on and it's on stage right so and the same thing is with, with an online business like when that works when their operations function like a well-oiled machine, that's when I'm happy. <laughs> nice. And that's, you know, when's the operation, when it's the day-to-day tick over, that's where my eyes plays over, right? That's when I hand over to, <laughs> to, to, an, to an operations team. Right, I was gonna say, so when you say you take over the project, what exactly do you mean by that? Because there's a whole lot of room for interpretation. In yeah, there. no, I think it's, it's, well, I always say you can't outsource a system that hasn't been created yet, mm-hmm. right? So it's about thinking through what is it that, that you want to do, 
I said, oh, I want to run these projects. Oh, I want to have these, I want to have a membership. And I want to have, oh, I also need a podcast that also needs to be private or and public. And, you know, and so I'm basically taking all these things that they want to create and then, okay, which one first? Which one doesn't make sense at all? How should we build it? What platforms should we use? So it's not overkill for what you try and do, but it's also not getting staying, like getting, you know, going to grow out of it in three months, right? To make sure basically what an architect does when you build a house you know let's just think through what it needs to do how do we design it in the best possible way who needs to play what tools do we need in what order are we going to put this in place so that it actually makes sense and you're not biting yourself in the butt in any way <laughs> nice so when you say you're taking it over are you you're creating a business plan for them are you building cut out just a a list of tasks that they need to do in chronological order how do you like to well, play see, I'm, I'm, Yeah, it's actually, it's interesting because I've, for quite a while, I've been very um, insistent that clients, I would say like, you need to understand at least enough to be a good client for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like this whole fear-based outsourcing, I don't want anything to do with it. Like I'm scared of it. I'm scared to look at it. Like nah, not having that. I've seen so many people burnt with this who ended up, you know, having their business on websites that they didn't own on domains they didn't own on you know platforms they couldn't access and i'm you know this dependency on somebody who then disappears and i'm thinking you should be an owner you should be a business owner you should take responsibility Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you need to know it all but you need to have an overview and sometimes people come and they actually want to know how it works Mm -hmm. you know and then i'm like oh i'm happy to do this on screen share because that often, you know, setting up a platform, it cuts it cuts the process time often like, like I wouldn't even say by half, even less, because there's no feedback loop. You can check in immediately. You never have to put something together that they then, oh, well, I don't know, that's not what I thought. So, but I've also got clients who like, not got no attention for that, <laughs> you know? So, and then it might mean, okay, if whatever platform is, yeah, I'll set it up, right? And, um, you know, I get, you know, my team to set it up and, but they don't have to, like a little bit like what you do, so where it's like, okay, I take it off your plate entirely, but uh, I'm always very conscious that if people want to learn, or well, I'll teach you. Like, I want no artificial dependency. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't yeah, I'm a, a huge advocate of people need to own their own stuff. They need to be in control of it. And when we set it up and we're like, you need to know this, you need to have this. No. Well, that's really weird. Why would you do that? <laughs> because it's, I am not going to step foot off the planet and know that I've, you know, caused somebody's business to go completely AWOL yeah. just because they don't have access to the things that they need to have access to. I mean, that's their possession that's their goodwill of their business that's their everything absolutely yeah yeah and the people are always incredibly quick to hand over their passwords and stuff like that i'm like oh well i don't want your passwords (laughs) you know you can change it back really quickly you're fine yeah exactly yeah (laughs) if you don't know where they came from or how they get changed that's probably not the best idea yeah oh my god that's larry so give us an example of a cinderella story of one of your clients I think, like, makes, probably makes me cry, but you're going to have to put up with that. <laughs> Yay, so, we love you. Well, she, you know, she, um, she came to me. She's like this very um, established, successful, you know, 
executive coach, corporate trainer, big clients. But she also realized, well, she was maxed out. She was literally like, okay, if I bring in one more client, I'm going to, you know, and there's no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely, but it's a hamster wheel, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like, I cannot bring, I can't handle more work. And I also feel it's like, ooh, this is kind of running a marathon that never ends, mm-hmm. right? Because there's nobody who can take over, right? You know, if I'm ill, I have to reschedule stuff and I have to kind of deliver it later. So there is no, you know, and that's just absolutely not scalable. And there was an assistant and the first problem was, oh, should we fire her or not? You know, so it was literally like, I don't even know whether like this is frustrating. She's always on my, like, I have to kind of handhold her all the time. And I just want to kind of hand stuff over and, and well, I have all these plans for online programs that I want to deliver, but I don't even know where to start. So there was this total, I'm exhausted. I'm at my limit. I know I've not reached half of the potential of this, mm-hmm. but the way I work, I can't get there. Right? Okay. And, and I remember when we launched a membership program, she sends me a message and she goes, I'm sitting here crying with my husband out in the garden, having a glass of wine, watching that launch go on over there. And I can sit here. This is what my life was meant to be like. Nice. Right? And she says, did you, do you know that like in the six months we've, by then, like we're still working together, but like, you know, she said, do you know like what we've done in those six months? Did you realize that I'd been trying to do this like for the last five years? Five years. Yep. Wow. That is awesome. And that's like really to see somebody who has so much to give, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to to give that and to give it in a way that doesn't chew up all her time and energy. Like, I don't think there's anything more satisfying to do. (laughs) Right. It is so nice to um, bring our little peeps into the world and have them blossom. It's so much fun. Awesome. So what stumbling blocks might somebody at home be having right now and thinking, oh my God, and I, I need you so badly? Well, the sense of actually, you know, I <laughs> don't know where to start, right? That's usually, I remember sending out um, a survey once, right? So and it was the good old, what's your biggest challenge kind of thing, you know, bad question, because <laughs> Well, at least in my case, so I asked it and around that whole tech topic and I got a whole bunch of answers that didn't make sense at all, you know, really arbitrary stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, what would make the biggest difference? Oh, if I knew how to get my old mail from this platform, like what? (laughs) Weird stuff, right? And then actually I spoke to a client and I was some, somehow this topic came up and she goes, oh. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, I know I filled this in. I probably gave a really stupid answer because you know, the answer I really wanted to give was I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to ask, right? All they want is that I want to have this online course, right? Or, or, you know, but then they don't even, that's the thing. It's like, they're so overwhelmed that also kind of like I'm lost in the jungle that -hmm. they don't even know what to ask, right? And Uh (laughs) I've done kind of little videos I remember with a funny Zoom background where we're all little yellow little rubber ducks mm-hmm. and they're basically saying 
like, wait, you don't have to have your ducks in a row. In fact, it's better if you don't, right? <laughs> because when people feel they have their ducks in a row and they say, oh, I can't come to you. Like, I need to work out how I want this first because the expectation is that they have to explain to me how they want things, right? Mm -hmm. So where I'm saying, well, no, you don't have to, ex I'll help you with the how. You just need to know the what. Right, so don't worry about ducks and rows, they're highly overrated. <laughs> <laughs> like that. So if you're sitting at home going, I don't even know where to start. This is not what I thought being in business was all about. And you're probably exactly in the right spot. So fear not. <laughs> That's all good. Nice. Awesome. So I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. So where, how did they start their journey with you? Well, I think the if they resonate with this, oh my God, I don't know what, you know, well, I have, um, well, I'd love to give the listeners a free copy of my book, Taming the Tech Monster. Nice. <laughs> Taming the Tech Monster, here he is, little techie, the tech monster. And um, yeah, that, that's the first step to realize that what looks like a scary monster is really just a friendly little dragon that wants to play uh -huh. and um, will really sort of shift you know, where all this is coming from and um, anything after that, I'm easy to find. My website's anthemherman.com. I've got a Facebook group, which is an incredibly supportive, loving bunch. <laughs> it's called Don't Just Learn, Create Business Building for Mavericks. So if you want to just kind of hang out around me for a bit, then that's a great place to go. And I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. With that name, I'm easy to find. <laughs> yes. and we will have all of those details in the show notes of course you can scroll down and find them if you're in itunes or let the like uh or you can go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog and we'll have all of the information there just look at uh for team the tech monster and or anka if you know how to spell it and <laughs> a-n-k-e for those of you who are wondering super easy so uh yeah awesome that's fantastic thank you so much for that gift that's I know a lot of people definitely struggle with that one. And a lot of people want to be able to kind of wrap their head around it at least enough to, um, to have a little fun with it and play with it. So I love that notion yeah. and that idea. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Nice. So I think you kind of already told us the story a little bit, but I got to ask you this before we let you go. At what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? when I moved to Spain when I <laughs> yeah no I think it was like what the hell let's become an entrepreneur yeah. you know I, I mean I sometimes think well I wasn't entirely nuts right I didn't just pack my bag and quit my job and went you know but uh, I so I did take my time and I did take some sewing classes from somebody who had the kind of business I wanted so, you know, and I studied Spanish to know, like, I don't come to a country where I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to order beer. So, you know, I did some prep work, but I think I, I always say I'm not fearless, not at all. Like, the, the thing is, I don't fear failure. What I do fear is regret. Like, I fear that sensation of, and I think it's, it's I don't know, I'm really driven by that. There's a book by an Australian lady called Bronnie Ware, and it's called The Top Five regrets of the dying and when I came across that and saw that the top regret was people regretting not having followed their hearts not having gone for their dreams and now times run out and 
me tearing up because that was exactly my grandma. That's exactly mm -hmm. what happened to her, right? So she kind of never got to do all the things she wanted to do. You know, some of them, some of it was circumstance. Some of it, most of it was her not believing it would be possible for her to even try. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I, I just don't, like, I don't want that. So I much rather do something crazy and, you know, see whatever ever happens then having this like oh i wonder you know i always look at it like a when you walk past um a, a shop window and there's a dress and you go oh it's gorgeous it's so gorgeous right and it keeps calling you every time you walk past the only way to get this out of your system is to try it on and then it can go two ways right either you are oh wow that's mine and it fits like a glove and it's going to be mine forever or you put it on and you go oh jesus that looked better on the money <laughs> You know? <laughs> but you had to walk you had to try on the dress to walk to the back of the store in order to meet that person or see that thing or exactly. do that whatever that happened. exactly you know you have to try it on because if and then it's like that's not even if like it doesn't matter it's a resolution one way or the other yeah. right either you have to dress that's your successful business but even if it hadn't worked out it was well at least it's out of my system i can walk past the shop window then and it won't bother me anymore so I think that looking at failure that way is really helpful. I love that. That is awesome. So thank you so much for being here and for your time. I appreciate it immensely. I know the time difference is kind of crazy, but uh, <laughs> we made it happen. So that was fantastic. Exactly. Uh, any last words for our peeps? When it feels hard, you're skipping steps. And before you do anything, if question, you know, question your assumptions before you question your capabilities. So basically, yeah, you've got this, like you can do whatever you want to do. Love that. This is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at Michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.